Hi, and welcome to the GMC podcast, the place where you can listen to the weekly word from God and find other highlights from the team at GMC, Gillespie Memorial Church in Dunfermline, Scotland. In this podcast, we bring you the sermon series, Trinity, Understanding the Person of God. Each week, we will take a look at a different aspect of the nature of God, God who is the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and Holy Spirit, as we hope to cast some light and wisdom upon the complexity of the three persons of the one true Godhead, the mystery of the Trinity. But before the message, let's come to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Father God, on this Easter morning, on this day of celebration of joy, we come to you and we thank you. We thank you, Father God, for your Son. We thank you for your creation. We thank you that we are part of your creation, made in your image. Made in your image, image bearers of God. Same as the Lord Jesus Christ. But unlike the Lord, we know, Father, we do not always measure up. We struggle, we stumble at times, we fall. And Father, forgive us that. Father, come into our hearts this morning by the power of Holy Spirit. Refresh and renew our hearts. Cast our sins into the deep, for they are forgotten and forgiven by the grace, by the blood, by the cross. And we are renewed by the empty tomb. So, Father, this day, we thank you for your presence among us. Come in the power of Holy Spirit into this worship, into this meal, into this Lord's Supper. Come and bring joy in our hearts. Come to be with us, Father, in the power of the name of Jesus and in the presence of Holy Spirit. Come, come. Following that time of prayer, I hope your heart has been stilled and prepared for God's word to reach you where you are today. If anything you hear from our preacher today, from the Word of God and the sermon challenges you, may be raising questions, then contact us. If you want to know more about how we can support you in your faith, or indeed, maybe help you in your questioning of faith, we'd love to help you get to know the Lord or go deeper with Him. Or maybe you'd like to support GMC financially in our ministry for the Kingdom. If so, then please get in touch through the contact us on our website page, gillespiechurch.org, or via our Facebook page. Now, over to our preacher. So, Easter Day, and um, it isn't just a standalone um, sermon, because... Uh, God's providence that I, we're preaching through this series on the Trinity and we happen to be on the part of the Trinity that concentrates on Jesus and uh, it's focusing up on who the person of Jesus is in the Trinity, in the Godhead, who he is in relation to God the Father and to Holy Spirit and today we're going to focus on Jesus as 
lamb. And the scriptures over this week, if uh, you've been to uh, any of the services, or when Maggie led on Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday service, and the reading of John's Gospel, they've all been from the Gospel of John, as it is this morning. And so as we look, uh, there's going to be two readings. There's going to be the first one, and the second one will be in part of the sermon. But the first reading uh, is not from the Easter story direct. It's from the first chapter of John, verse 29 to 36. Hear the word of God. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him, except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen And I testify that this is the Son of God. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. Amen. And thanks be to God for the reading of his holy word. Lord, may the words of my mouth... And the meditations that are upon all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for, your, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Oh, let's do it again. Let's just acknowledge Jesus. Let's say it. He is risen. He is risen yeah. To understand the risen Jesus, we of course need to understand the crucified Jesus, because he couldn't rise unless he died. And for that, to understand the death of Jesus, we need to understand the lamb. The lamb comes sharply into focus. You see up on the screen there, that painting of John the Baptist pointing to Jesus, and look there at his feet, a lamb. The lamb of God. The lamb of God. It's a powerful image in the Jewish faith. From the Lamb of Isaiah in 53, verse 4 to 12, the Lamb there is identified as the one who was oppressed and afflicted, was led like a lamb to the slaughter, the Lamb who would bear their iniquities. That's the sacrificial Lamb, the Lamb of atonement found in the Old Testament. Sacrifice was made annually at the temple for the sins of Israel, for the families, for the people that uh, went up to the temple and the shedding of blood was their offering. And there'd be a scapegoat presented before God, before being set free into the wilderness to carry the people's sins away, that they would be purified and made right. Reconciliation, restoration between God's people and him was made possible through this system. But there's also the Paschal Lamb, 
the Passover lamb. Jesus was celebrating the Passover with his disciples when he broke bread, as we later will break bread and share wine. That Passover lamb, of course, is from the eve of the Exodus, from the Israelites leaving bondage down there in Egypt. And that historic event has been celebrated and continues to be celebrated down the years in Jewish history. The blood of the lamb there was shed and used protectively on the lintels of the doorways so that the oncoming plague would not affect the Jewish children, but only those of the Egyptians. The meat was to be roasted and eaten with bitter herbs and unleavened bread. This lamb, though, is not dealing with sin. This lamb is about protection, setting people free from exile in slavery. So the figure of the lamb in the Old Testament to the nation of Israel is important in two ways, atonement and protection. And so we hear in this passage in the New Testament, in John's Gospel, on the lips of John the Baptist, a different John, and he's pointing out Jesus, the Lamb of God. And he's pointing out not one, but the conflation of these two lambs, the sacrificial lamb and the paschal lamb. Jesus is the lamb. I remember saying this when I was at church, in uh, the Anglican church. We sang every week, Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. Those words are part of the Gloria in Excelsis. Uh, It's a song of glory of God and is sang weekly in Anglican churches and I think probably Catholic churches too. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. When I sang that, going to that Anglican church was the right place for me at that time where I came to faith on an Alpha course and each week you said these same things and those words were comforting to me. I held on to them knowing that Jesus died for me. And now over the the past two decades or more, more I'm afraid actually, the years flow by, don't they? Getting older. But in that time, the Lord has worked more deeply in me to know what a new resurrected life looks like. The resurrection of Christ means to me. And of course... The essence of it is found in this Easter story, found in the past week, not just today, but this whole week that has led up from last Sunday and Palm Sunday and the triumphal entry through to today, where it is complete. Well, partially complete, because of course there is a second coming, but I'm not going to go down there, that's, that's for another day but we know we are in the kingdom come, but still yet to come. So this is Jesus, Lamb of God, found in the triumphal entry, where people asked, who is this? And Maggie dealt with that last Sunday while I was away. And she asked you, who is Jesus to you? 
just like the people on the road into Jerusalem said, who is this man? Who is this Jesus? We found the Lamb of God also on Monday, Thursday, on his knees washing feet like a servant, sharing the Passover supper, breaking bread, sharing wine, and then betrayed by one of his disciples. We find the Lamb on Good Friday, nailed to a cross. The Lamb slain for the sin of the world and then placed in a tomb. And then yesterday, silence. Saturday, with all apparent hope just gone, nothing. Grief, tears, wailing, until today, until today, until today. Hear the words from the Gospel according to John again. I'm going to read chapter 20, verse 11 to 23. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' Jesus's body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I, I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Amen. Jesus is risen. The lamb who was slain for the sins of the world is alive, has beaten death, and the hold of sin over humanity. There's a process taking place here. Jesus' teaching is not that the lamb who is slain takes away all of the sin of all of the world. 
could be read that way. But the sacrificial lamb of the atonement takes away the sins for those for whom he was sacrificed. Jesus died for all who would believe. And that's not the same as dying for all. Harsh words on this Easter morning? Maybe. But nonetheless true. The value of Jesus' atoning sacrifice is absolutely extravagant. In that the innocent died willingly for the sinner. But not the unrepentant sinner. So my message to you this morning, all of you, know Jesus today. Jesus is also the Paschal Lamb, the Passover Lamb, keeping from eternal death those who would protect themselves with the blood of the Lamb. I mentioned that it was about painting the doorways, daubing them with the blood of the Lamb for the Israelites in in Egypt, protecting their firstborn. So too today does the blood of Jesus protect and bring peace upon believers. There's this transaction taking place. A transaction that is Jesus' death for new life. Jesus dying and bearing your sins and mine, then rising to life that we may know, resurrection life. And it's not something that's going to happen. It's already occurred. Salvation is firmly rooted in Jesus' historical death. It's already happened. He saved us. And now we have been set free. We can experience salvation in the presence and the power of Holy Spirit. It's a life to go out and live. And why is all this necessary? Well, it's about the problem of how a holy and righteous God can be reconciled to people who are not holy and righteous. It was dealt with with God's chosen people in the Old Testament, in Israel, as I've said, through the sacrificial system of the Old Testament. But then in Jesus, the problem is dealt with forever. Forever. Ever. He was the perfect sacrifice for all, Jew and Gentile. The sacrifice we cannot offer ourselves. His resurrection brings new life. New life. Like many of you. I was given one of these this morning. I'm surprised I haven't eaten it already, to be honest. It's the rolling of the way of the stone rolling away of the stone that wasn't covering the tomb. And Mary goes up and goes, what is going on? Who's taken him? Where's he gone? But of course we know eggs also represent new life. don't know whether any of you have been out walking this week or up early in the morning. I was up very early this morning for the 6.30 service and at five o'clock the birds were already chattering. They're building nests, they're cooing and necking each other and loving one another. And they will lay eggs that bring new life, resurrection life in the spring.
The peace between God and humanity was shattered by sin, but Christ enables a new peace, the deep shalom, that Jewish word that, that peace doesn't quite cut it. It's not quite the translation, but it's all I've got. It's deep shalom of a life lived with God, a life in Christ by the power of the Spirit. And this is why we can't get away from the Trinity, because it's the whole of the Godhead at work. Yes, we focus on Jesus nailed to a cross, brought down, laid in a tomb, and risen, and appearing then to the disciples and many more. Of course the Easter story focuses on that journey of Jesus to Resurrection Sunday. But it's not just him. Paul, St. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 19, these words. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Remember that one, folks. If you're a Christian, God's given you that task to help reconcile others to him. I'll continue. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. You hear that? For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. It's not just Jesus here. God is taking the initiative in salvation. Words of the New Testament do not allow a, a distinction between God, Yahweh of the Old Testament, and Jesus Jesus on the cross, resurrection, restoration through repentance leading to renewed life and reconciliation. Do you like those five R's? Resurrection, restoration, repentance, renewed life and reconciliation with God is always something that begins from God's side. God reaches into your lives and he touches you. The Christian gospel, the good news of Christ, is radical. I'd even go as far as to say it's offensive to some. Offensive to those who pride themselves on good deeds. Because the Christian gospel teaches that we can contribute nothing to our own salvation. That salvation is all grace and that God, the wholeness of God found in the Trinity, is personally involved in saving each and every one of us. And so what do you take from yet another e Easter for many of you? And if it's your first Easter with GMC, welcome once again. And if it's your first Easter as a Christian, or your first Easter as a seeker, what do you take from the weak this week, Holy Week, the Passion Week, that marks out the Christian faith as unique. Well, I pray, wherever you fall into that, you will all take the same things. One, that Christ wasn't just a good teacher. Mary cried out to him, Rabboni, which means teacher. 
when Jesus spoke her name in the garden. And although, of course, he was rabbi and he was a teacher for those three years of his ministry, of course he was. He isn't just that. He is so much more. Two, Jesus turns to us. He turned to Mary in the garden and called her name, and she recognized him. Know that he turns to you. He seeks you and he speaks to you. He speaks to you in the good times and the bad times, in times of trial and tears, of happiness and joy. He wants to come close. So do as Mary did. Turn to him and respond. Three, Jesus is the peace bringer. He appeared to his disciples in that locked upper room when they were scared, when they were fearful of the Jews in that time where they they didn't know what was going on. The man they'd been with had been nailed to the cross and put away in a tomb on Friday. And here on Sunday they're going, we're in trouble here. We are in serious trouble. They're locked away. And the risen Christ, and what's her first word he says to them? He knows they're fearful. And he says, peace be with you. Not once, but twice. Know Jesus' peace always in your life. And lastly, know this, that peace is only truly found through a restored relationship with God. And that is only possible through the Lamb of God who died for you and died for me. Know that each one of us gathered here this morning is a child of God. Each one of us gathered here this morning has a choice to believe that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, that he takes your sin to the grave, and he rises with you to new life as he rose. Know in your hearts that that is true. Christ is the one who awakens those who are slumbering. Christ is the one who comforts the afflicted and the suffering. Christ is the one who sanctifies, making you right before our holy God. And know this too, the church, the people of God, are all about Jesus. And that's why we gather. That's why we come and be church together. That's why we come on the Sabbath to spend time with Christ in communion with our sisters and brothers, to come under God's word, to break bread, to share wine. We gather because we share in the love of Jesus Christ because he loved us first. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world died for you so that you might truly know the peace of the Lord. I pray may that peace rest upon your heart this day. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the power of the cross, but we thank you more for the empty tomb and the risen Saviour that sets us free. Father, this day, may we know that deep shalom in our hearts. May it bring us joy. 
may we skip out of here with joy in our hearts to whatever you have for us today and in our week, Lord, we thank you for your presence and continue. Thanks for listening to our Sunday podcast today from GMC in Dunfermline, Scotland. For more details about who we are, what we believe and how we serve, visit our website at gillespiechurch.org or find us on Facebook and YouTube. All inquiries can be made through the Contact Us page of our website or by calling the office. If you'd like to support our work with a few quid, then offerings can be made through the Support Us with Stewardship icon on the homepage of the website. This has been a production from GMC, including the pastors and tech team. All copyright remains with the producers. Today's episode was edited by Barbara Ann Howey, and the contributing music is Up to the Mood from Low Tree. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Music